I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zivyowens.com for updates on podcast guests and lots of live events. Hi, everybody. I hope you're having a good Wednesday so far and that this week has been not as much a harbinger of bad news as weeks prior and that we're all getting through this quarantine together. I hope also that you've taken some time, and I hope you will, I really, really hope so, that you'll read some of the new essays I have on my brand new site, wefoundtime.com, which you can also access through zibiowens.com. It has exclusive essays connecting brilliant minds to busy readers. That's you, the busy readers. Probably also the brilliant minds, though, to be honest. And you should definitely check it out. I'll have new essays up every week from people who have been on my podcast, and I just need the readers to come and read. So please read, tell your friends. I hope the essays help. My whole point is is to help you guys through life as best I can by bringing you insights from people I find wiser than myself, and I hope it helps. So check it out and let me know what you think. Read the essays and share with friends. And also don't forget to check out my Instagram lives today from 11 to 12 Eastern time every day on my at Owens account. Thanks. I'm here today with Dibs Bear, who's the author of Lady Tigers in the Concrete Jungle, How Softball and Sisterhood Saved Lives in the South Bronx. Dibs is an entertainment writer and editor who worked in the magazine industry for 15 plus years. She has written or co-written six books, including the New York Times bestseller, I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends. Dibs currently lives in Palm Springs, California. Welcome, Dibs. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me. So Dibs is actually short for something else, right? I read some, what's your real name? Deborah. Deborah. Yes. How long have you been Dibs? Um, I would say 20 years. Wow. Yeah. How did it start? Okay. Yeah, my mom... It's sort of a silly story. My mom, when I was a kid, wanted me to have a nickname. And it was, she tried dibs, but it was too contrived. So nobody did it. Mm-hmm. And I made the mistake of telling my best friend that story in grad school. And then she just started calling me dibs. And it kind of stuck after that. And then I just kind of grew to love it. And now I'm dibs. That's it. That's so cool. Yeah. A lot of people call me zibs. So we're like zibs and dibs. Zibs and dibs. We should have like, like a cartoon We or should. We should. <laughs> Take it on the road. Yeah. <laughs> So your latest book is called Lady Tigers in the Concrete Jungle. Tell listeners what this book is about. Okay, so it's about a a guy named Chris Estacio who got his first job as a PE teacher at one of the most dangerous, poverty-stricken neighborhoods in America, really, in the South Bronx. And when he got to the school, it was his first job, and he noticed the girls were going after each other in a way, like in a, such a vicious, violent way. And he had never seen anything like it. And he was like so shocked by it. And he was like, how can I help the girls? And there was no extracurriculars for the girls at the school. They didn't have the money for it. And he decided just to start the softball team. And the first tryout, four girls showed up. And he said, I don't care who it is, bring all your friends back so we can have a team. And the next day, like 15 of like the worst girls in the school who all hated each other walked through the door. And it was because they didn't want to go home and they didn't have anywhere to go. They couldn't go outside in the neighborhood. They just wanted to be in the gym. They didn't care about softball. So they just showed up to kind of hang out in the gym. And it's sort of about how he turned that group into a team of sisters, really. And just it's just this crazy year of him finding out all of them have an issue in their personal life. And it was about him kind of navigating that. They weren't doing well in school, most of them. And it was just... It's really not about softball, the book. It's about, you know, Lance Armstrong's book. It's not about the bike. This is not really about softball. It's really about girls coming together and, like, forming, learning how to be a team. And that's sort of the basic thing, gist of it. How did you discover this whole story? 
So I played competitive softball when I was a kid. And a woman that I played with is now a coach. And she introduced me to Coach Stasio. And we just hit it off. Like we had like instant like chemistry. And I just like, he's such an amazing person. And when he told me about the first year of the team and everything they went through, I was just kind of blown away. And I was like, this is one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. And then that was it. And then we just started working and talking all the time. And that's how it came about. Wow. Yeah. I noticed in your acknowledgments at the end, you were like, you talked to him as the last person and you were like, we did it. Yeah. Was it hard? Like, did you? Yes. Well, first of all, you know, it was, we had one publisher say yes, barely. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know what I mean when I say barely? Yes. And I I love our publisher. Thank, you know, thank God she did say yes and she got it. Mm -hmm. But You you only need one. You only need one. That's it. I, no, don't, whoever's out there listening, don't give up because there might be somebody out there that gets it and just keep pushing. And if you believe in it. At the same time, I had had three proposals out, like way more like commercial things. Never thought this book would go anywhere. And it was the only one that sold. Really? Yes. Of the three projects I was working on. Were they collaborations or were they all for um, just you? This was uh, the other, the other, the other proposals. Were, yeah, collaborations. And then this, this one was like the biggest long shot, you know, and it, it was the one that went. And so from that to the logistics of getting all the girls back together again and getting them to talk and wanting to talk, it was, it was about a year and a half, two years. It was really the, the, the emotional toll of it on everyone, but it was so amazing and inspiring. Like the, maybe the, I feel like the greatest thing I've ever worked on. I'm so passionate about it, you know? And I just, like, that's why I'm so excited to be here because I want more people to know about it, you know? I do too. Yeah, That's why you're here. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, and all these girls, it's like, I kept flipping the page, like, one person after the next. Like, then they see this, her friend gets, like, murdered next to her. And then, like, they're in jail with the mother. Like, like I'm like, now what's going to happen? I mean, that's the thing. I, I didn't know this was going on. I mean, these girls have... No one to protect them, no champion for them. Mm-hmm. And it's happening, like not only at this school, but in so many places where these young girls, and again, these are middle school girls. And so I think when you read the book, a lot of times people have said this to me that they felt like they were older because of the things they were going through. No, they're in junior high. And you just can't believe that they're having to go to school. No wonder they're not learning anything. Mm-hmm. When their home lives are a disaster, their school is a disaster. I mean, you you read in the book that no one's going to class. They're all in the basement doing horrible things in the basement, right? Yeah. No, the faculty keeps quitting. The faculty keeps quitting, and they can't go out. They can't even, like, play in the neighborhood. There's nowhere for them to go. There's nothing for them to do. And so they're stuck at home in these terrible situations, really. And so Chris kind of pulling them out of that and being a father figure. There's so much to the book. It's almost, like, overwhelming. Yeah. And I get that, you know. And Chris's own cancer journey, which was, like, horrific to read about. Stomach cancer and the pain. And I feel like you captured that so well because I felt like reading it, I was going through it, like, his excruciating pain and having to be taken care of by his wife. And, like, just, just, oh, my gosh. It was, like, so intense. I know. The whole thing is so intense. It's just, yeah, he went through his own childhood trauma, just like the girls had. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, he battled stomach cancer. And then even after that, he was doing this. He's just, he's amazing. I hope we get to meet him someday because he's incredible. I was so afraid that I was going to get to the end of the book and he would not be alive. Oh, God, I know. Yes. He's alive and well. He's doing well and he gets tested frequently. And, you know, he has, he's sick a lot because he has a lot going on, but he's doing very well. Yeah. What do you think it was about him that made him 
be able to connect with these girls and have them open up. Because a lot of the time you were talking in the book about, it wasn't even about the softball, right? Sometimes he would just sit and talk and figure out what was going on with them, right? And how much they needed that. And because of that, they could be a team and could be more successful. But what do you think it was about him that let them open up so much to him? Well, he does have an incredible personality. But beyond that, I think they trusted him because they knew that he went through the same thing. Mm -hmm. He's from their neighborhood. And he was like one of the first adults in their life to actually care about them. And that matters. And also structure. Do you ever watch uh, Super Nanny? No. Okay. I, I like that show. Do you? I, yeah, I don't even have kids, <laughs> okay. but I love Super Nanny. <laughs> All right. But if you watch that show, the common theme in that show that, that she does is structure. That children actually like structure mm-hmm. and a schedule. And, you know, actually being told, like, come here at this time and we're going to do this and have a plan. I think that their lives were chaos and he made it not be chaos. And then, of course, like the the whole like father figure thing. I, I would say all but one or two of the ones in the book had no father living at home or even in their lives at all. So here's this guy, the first guy that they can trust and cares about them, isn't going anywhere. He stuck it out. He didn't leave like the rest of the teachers there. And he actually cared. Like, you know, you see in the book that he, they're not going to class and he walks around the school finding them mm-hmm. and being like, you know, poking his head through the window of the class being like, and watching them as they're goofing around in class and being like, you know, stop. So it just, it worked. And yeah. And nobody had thought to t- tell their story until you came around really. Well, they had been on Ellen. Oh, okay. So that was another part of it. So my friend who, her team invited their team to Chicago to play like a, an exhibition match. Okay. And then Ellen had them on the show, a later team. So a couple of years later. Okay. And so they got, they went kind of viral for that. I see. So they did have a little bit of uh, attention. And is that why she blurbed your book? Yes. I see. Yes. Which was so cool. Yeah. Well, well, well. Multiple reasons? No, I was going to say that was sort of a publisher, like, trick, like putting on the cover. You know what I mean? Like, she said that on the show with them. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. (laughs) I mean, Okay, the quote, by the way, is, I hope this inspires you as much as it inspires me. I love the story, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. So you're saying she didn't love the book. She loved the story of the She loved the story of the team, yes. Are you about to get in trouble? Should we not talk about this? No, I mean, I just feel like they, you know. Did they ask her? I don't know. Okay, whatever. We're going to just put this down (laughs) and move right along. Yeah, move right along. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, she, yeah. Okay, yeah, moving on. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, so they were on the show. Yes. And so you had heard about them that way too. And they yes. And they were on the Today Show too. Not that there was a story yes. on Today.com at least when they referenced your book. That was after. That was after. Yes. Okay. So the Ellen thing happened before that actually helped sell the book. Okay. Because they she, they had gone viral because of the Ellen thing because of the story. Excellent. Yeah. And are you in touch with the girls? Yeah. Aww. Oh yeah. I mean, not all of them. I would say like. They're busy and they're, but there's probably four or five that I keep in touch with regularly. Well, that must mean a lot to them too. Yeah. I mean, I love them. I mean, I love all of them. I, they're, I, they're just so brave. Like the fact that they opened up and I mean, they really like talk, they go really in They needed it. They, they needed it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to uh, Genesis. Robin is doing amazing. Okay. You know, Angie is hilarious. She's great. Yoshi, I talked to a lot. Because okay. she still talks to Coach Stasio a lot. So, yeah. It's like this is something that is not going to be something that I forget about ever. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, a real relationships when you go that in-depth with people, you know? Even Chris's life. 
I mean, yeah. and then after his stomach cancer and then his child has autism. Right. I mean, oh my, the, like all this stuff. It's never ending. I was like, what is going to, what now? I, I know. It's, he's And yet incredible. he has this like intrepid spirit. Completely. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like this should be a movie, right? Like a lean uh, well, on me. Like I a, hope so. We'll see. Yeah? Are you yeah. working on that? We're working on it. All right. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> you know, I just feel like the girls don't have those movies. The boys get Friday Night Lights and they get... Rudy and they get blindside. What are the girl books like that? Like girl movies like that? A League of Their Own, which I love. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, can you think of any other female girl sports team movie? Bend It Like Beckham? Bend It Like Beckham. When was that? How long ago? A while. Right? 10 years. I don't know. Right. Um, She's the Man. Remember that one? With Amanda Bynes? No. Where she dresses like a boy to be on the boys' team? I No, but I remember Just One of the Guys. Did you see that? I love that movie. That was great. That was a great one. <laughs> I follow her on Facebook. She's no way. Joyce Heiser Robinson, I think. Oh, my is. gosh. She's amazing. I love her. It was so funny. My brother and I, I don't know why we used to watch that movie. I mean, all the time. Right. And too. I was telling my husband Kyle about it. And I was like, well, I don't even know why, but she dressed up as a boy and then she wanted to be on the football team. And my brother was like, no, 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 let me tell you why. She was like doing this newspaper article. He remembered the whole thing. Yeah, she was doing the newspaper. Yeah, she was doing, I forgot about that part. Anyway, I have to go watch it again. I've seen that movie about 40 times. Yeah, we watched it like over and over again. That's what we did in the 80s. Yeah, that's right. It's totally, every (laughs) 80s movie I watched like a hundred times. Right. I'm trying to answer your question now about more movies about girls teams, which is crazy. Right? I'm trying to think. About, like, surfing? That doesn't really Oh, happen. yeah, the girl. There's some, like, the, girl surfing. was bitten stuff. by the shark. All right. But anyway, good point. Yeah. 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 I mean, why not? Why not? I don't know. All right. I'm going to Google this after you leave. Yeah. I won't yeah. waste more time. Okay. <laughs> so, but this book was a departure for you from some of your, yes. your oeuvre, <laughs> right, if you will. <laughs> so, you were a celebrity editor in yeah. touch for, like, seven years. Yeah. You interviewed all sorts of famous people from Mariah Carey to Angelina Jolie and yes. a million other people. Yes. And that was your thing. Yes. And then you started working on books with some of those people. Yes. And— Maybe not quite that Not level. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fun, literally, I know this is, might sound terrible because you wrote a whole book with this woman, Retta, but I had not heard of Retta until lunch— Yesterday, and then I was like, "Wait, I'm interviewing somebody who wrote a whole book about Reddit." Oh, that's so weird that how that happens. Crazy, yeah. Because yeah. her show just started; the third season just started last night. Yeah, I know. I don't watch a lot of TV, anyway. Yeah. And her book that you wrote with her is so close to being the shit y'all don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> you like that title. By the way, you are the best title person ever, ever. <laughs> like all of your books have the best titles. And I didn't then, come here to make friends. I didn't come here to make friends. Yeah. I was also worried about that last night. I was like, I'm interviewing somebody who doesn't want to make friends. So. Oh, no. No, I do. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, talk to me about how you picked sort of that type of book to go straight and to work on with other people and then transitioning to this one. Okay, so, yeah, I'd worked in magazines for like 15 years doing celebrity stuff, highbrow, lowbrow, you know, in touch, lowbrow. And then, you know, interviewing some really big A-list stars for like Gotham, Hamptons, like Women's Health and stuff like that. And then the magazine industry kind of imploded a little bit. And I moved out here and I was freelancing. And I just, Courtney Robertson, who is the star of The Bachelor, mm-hmm. we had a mutual friend. And right after her, it's funny because when I was working at In Touch, I was like in charge of like putting her on the cover, like naked in a bathtub. <laughs> and then my friend was like, she wants to do a book. Do you want to talk to her? And I was like, does she want to meet me? Like, and then I met her and I said, look, I just have to say right now, I need to be totally, like, full disclosure. Like, I was, like, a main reason that your life was kind of a living hell after you were on The Bachelor. And she laughed about it. And, like, then we were, like, good. We're good to go. 
And that was another book where, I mean, it was the first thing I ever did. And I didn't know what I was doing. And we did a proposal. And I just knew, like, we were the first ones to actually say, you know, all those girls on those shows, they have non-disclosures. And they're not allowed to talk about the actual process of the show. And Courtney had been, had, like, been so torn apart by that show. Like, she wanted to talk about what had happened to her. And I, we just basically said, we're doing it. We don't care if they sue us. Go ahead. We're not worth the shirt on our backs. You want to sue us? Go for it. We know that it's not, you can't tell someone they can't tell their story. And we did. And I knew if we did it in the right way uh, that it would be really big because The Bachelor has a, you know, a, a built-in base of 8 million people. And if we just got a percentage of those people, and then sure enough, it did. It was my the first one I ever did, New York Times bestseller. It'll probably never, ever happen again. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it was incredible. And there's, another thing about that book was that we had an original agent. And after we turned in the proposal to her, she said, this is so crass and disgusting and, you know, I can't shop this. And I, I literally couldn't get out of bed for like two days because I was so distraught about it. And then I, all of a sudden I woke up and I was like, well, who said she's right? Good for you. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to find the right person. And we did. And the rest is history. And I just knew, like, you just, you have like a feeling about it. I knew that if we did it the right way, it would, like, the fans of that show would eat it up. And they did. And they loved it. And I love that book. And I love Courtney and... And then now they now all of them are doing it. Like we were the first to say like what they were doing in the fantasy suite, you know, like all of that stuff. So, anyways, that was a really long story. Sorry. Uh, okay. So that's how I kind of got into the ghostwriting thing was that book. And it's funny because you think, oh, New York Times bestseller, I'm going to have all these you know things coming my way. It doesn't work like that. You have to like hustle and be out there constantly. And you know, I'm still working hard to get like you know the ghostwriting thing going. And I've done some really fun ones. But it's tough, you know, like kind of, I think you just take kind of what you can get and you're always up against a million people to get those gigs. Well, I mean, I think the real problem is the implosion of the magazine industry, yes. which has left so many talented writers and editors without a good place to, yep. to land. Yes. And so the competition to be a ghostwriter escalates, right? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Which so. is so sad to me as somebody who loved magazines. Right. Lo- I, I put that in the past tense. I shouldn't. Loves, loved. I don't yeah, know. it's different. But yeah, and then so much talent. So so much talent out there. I mean, every I'm actually in a Facebook group called After Mags. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it's run by I don't know if you've ever heard of her. her name is Chandra Zapp, and she did Ed Twenty Ten. Okay. Dot com, and it's a networking thing for all the people who are like left jobless from the magazine industry, imploding, and we all help each other out, and it's kind of cool. I mean, and everyone's like pivoting to really interesting stuff. So I guess that's another good thing. Like when one door closes, another opens, mm-hmm. kind of thing, and. And I'm, this is where I ended up just kind of ghostwriting, and then I got to do the Lady Tigers book. So now I'm, I guess, an author. <laughs> yes, you are an author. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, I like it. It's fun. And do you have other projects, or are you still hustling for your next project? So my next one is I am helping a an Instagram influencer who has 14 million followers Okay. do his book. Yeah, so that's starting up. Like, we're meeting on Friday for the first time. So that'll be new, doing something with an, an influencer. Mm-hmm. He's really funny and stuff. So I think it's a, it's good after this book being so heavy. Mm-hmm. He's the opposite of that. It's just like light. And so that'll be nice. And then I'm working on a book about, I think I was telling you, I, I live with my mom mm-hmm. now after my dad died. So I'm doing a book about kind of becoming best friends with my mom in a later, like later in life, you know, 
sort of so and and then living in the in a retirement in a community. retirement community it's like yeah. that movie the Cameron Diaz movie yeah in her shoes in her shoes it's I I say I'm that mixed with Kramer from Del Boca Vista Did you know <laughs> Seinfeld yes remember when he was I don't know yes for any yes. Seinfeld yes. fan yes yeah. that's awesome well that'll be a great book too yeah I yeah I'm just starting that so I'll let you know how it goes hopefully do you have any other advice for aspiring authors mm. now that you're an author let's see I definitely think you know, the big thing is, like I was saying before, about not letting one voice tell you you're not you're not going to, like, make your book happen. Like, just keep looking. That's a big one, I think. Because it's really, it's a tough business. It's really hard to sell a book. I don't care who you are. You know, like, you could be famous, and it's still hard. So that would be my best advice, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. I really hope that people listening get inspired by the story of the girls in your book, Lady Tigers, and that they read it and spread the word about all the great things that can happen when somebody believes. Please spread the word. Please leave reviews. Tell everybody you know. (laughs) All that good stuff. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Dibs and Zibs, signing out. That's right. You've been listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zibby Owens. Please make sure to sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com to get more updates about episodes like these and also lots of live events. Thanks again for listening today, everybody. And don't forget to check out wefoundtime.com. And it's also available on zibbyowens.com as a tab, but also at wefoundtime.com. Check out the essays and go to Instagram at zibbyowens and check out my Instagram lives. 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. every weekday, Monday to Friday, during this quarantine where I interview four to five authors live for a few minutes each. Please check it out, and thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. You can follow me on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing, and thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. 